Welcome to the Manly Things Podcast. My name is Andrew Ross. And this is Justin Bush. And we have Josh Mikulek over here. That's Josh Mikulek in the house. That's right. We have our first guest on the Manly Things Podcast tonight. Way to break into his Manly Things Podcast history. I Josh. feel very honored over here. <laughs> you should. Thanks for having me on. All seven of our listeners are going to be excited <laughs> to see we have a third person tonight. <laughs> yeah, they're they're already bored of Andrew and I. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Josh, uh, he's in our small group here, and uh, you're going to get to know a little a little more about Josh in our Manly Things segment and why he's on here tonight. But we're glad that you're here tonight, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. So let's just dig in and actually let's get to know Josh a little bit more. So Josh, why don't you just give everyone a 100 foot view of you, who you are, your family, what you got going on and kind of how we know each other from birth. From, from birth. birth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, live here uh, local in Fredericktown, Ohio with uh, my wife and uh, little son Hudson as soon to be Holden, a little little bun in the oven here. That's right. So Congrats. That's right. Thanks. Um, kind of just grew up in Ohio, born and raised. Uh, go Bucks, you know. Um, we I, I kind of grew up in the Knox County area for most of the, most of my life, with Mount Vernon and whatnot. And then we passed five years, so lived in Fredericktown. So yeah, cool. it's, it's a good fun. deal. And you do IT for a local company? Yeah, I work out at uh, Kokosin Construction. I help support all the, the guys out there, make the dreams happen, and uh, get make sure they're tech so they know what, <laughs> what things are, are you know, to build and do. So once we're done with this podcast, you can show us how to actually use this equipment for our podcast is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Awesome, awesome. And you also, we found this out, uh, uh, I think, a couple of weeks ago. You also have another hobby on the side as well, which is DJing. Yeah, yep. Uh, when, I'm, when I'm not fixing uh, the world's problems with computers, um, I, I like doing DJing on the side. Weddings is my favorite, you know, getting the crowd going. And Wait, real quick. Give us that DJ voice right now. When a wedding starts, you hit us with what that sounds like get, right we'll now. Get everyone out on the dance floor and get this party started. Let's celebrate the bride and groom. There you go. <laughs> I like it, man. <laughs> I'll tell you, that's a, for me, like anything that deals with weddings, I'd be too stressed out to do. Like, just because I know like it's a high stress thing that they put it up on such a high pedestal that's got to be perfect that... Do you feel that stress when you do weddings? Sometimes. Sometimes some weddings are super relaxed. You know, they, they just want to, you know, we're here to celebrate. We just got married. And others, you know, there's a little more stress. Cause, you know, we're going to make sure, you know, this is lined up perfect and that. But, you know, it's it, in the end, everyone loosens up and has a good time. You get to be that fun guy, though. Yep, yep, cool. yep. Funny story. I actually DJed. Nah, I guess I didn't DJ. I announced... The wedding party at a wedding one time. <laughs> and you messed it up. <laughs> no, I, I didn't mess it up. I probably wouldn't make it my profession, but I didn't mess it up. So I, I got into it. I was all hyped. So I can only imagine what you feel because I was kind of getting like those butterflies getting ready oh, to yeah. do it. I'm like, oh, yeah. all right, I can't mess this up. <laughs> I'm going to say someone's name wrong. I'm going to say the bride and groom's name incorrectly. But I didn't. It, it worked out. But Hey, yeah. when they say first names only, that's... That's the best. There you oh, go. Yeah. Oh, there you last go. Names. yeah, can you imagine like announcing like the the bride and groom and maybe you were like buddies with the groom and you accidentally like said like his ex's name or something oh. like that? <laughs> That's a bad day. <laughs> sure did. <laughs> you sound so excited. You know, the wedding was great and I loved being there for the bride and for the groom and to be a part. But my wife was a part of the wedding and my two boys. And your son was a part of the wedding as well. Yeah, and our boys are toddlers. Yep, two-year-olds, <laughs> three-year-olds, two-and-a-half-year-olds. So it is no easy task trying to keep them entertained for an entire wedding day. In a tuxedo, looking good Ooh. the entire time. Yeah, that's, that's rough. It was uh, a lot of candy. A um, lot of candy, a lot of Smarties. A lot of not saying no that day, right? You know, because it's just like we just got to give in. Like, I want cookie. Yes, get cookie. I want candy. Oh, yeah. On oh, my iPad. Yeah, get an iPad. But all in all, it was a great wedding. And uh, I think the funniest, like, so the wedding party, they had a, a big choreographed dance. 
And so they announced like the wedding party in and they announced the junior groomsmen first or junior br- uh, bridal party. And our boys were a part of that. And so our boys were in, on the dance floor and my son Judah, he was on the dance floor, kind of just walking around clapping. He's kind of a ham. Uh, he likes the spotlight. Well, they start the bridal party comes in and they start the uh, the dance and oh everyone clears off the, uh, the dance floor except my two year old son, <laughs> Judah. He's just standing in the middle of this. Now, all of a sudden, part of this choreographed dance, and Sam comes over to be like, Andrew, he's in the middle of there. What are we going to do? I'm like, I'm not going to go in there and get him. That would be more distracting, <laughs> me like tumbling over like bridesmaids and groomsmen to try to grab my son. Uh, so Judah was now a part of the uh, choreographed dance. So it was mostly him just walking around staring at them and clapping. So. Yeah, he was probably wondering what is going on right now. Yeah, <laughs> I can just imagine what was going through his little mind. Oh, he's getting started. <laughs> oh, good old choreographed dance. Oh, but all like I said, it, everything went smooth. Uh, they did a sparkler send off. Have you ever seen a sparkler send off? Gosh, no, that sounds cool. So they ha- they bought these massive sparklers, and like they're big. Like I don't know, they're like maybe like three feet three long. Three feet. Yeah. Three feet. And uh, I was tasked with lighting them. Oh. And right there, I mean, just even talking about like being in like wedding stuff, I was already stressing about that. Like, oh man, I got to do this now. <laughs> but it was funny. We <laughs> a out, real big job. It was well. <laughs> it's funny because we walk out to light these things, and the first girl in line, me and another uh, kid, are lighting these, and they're not lighting. Oh no! Because they just gave us like these regular uh, lighters. Well, apparently, it takes like a lot of heat to light these because it was like a really thick sparkler. So I went down like three. Without lighting, I'm just trying them. We finally got one, and the only way that they would light is by like sharing that sparkler light. Because at first I was thinking, great, the one job they give me out of nowhere, it's not going to happen. These sparklers aren't going to get lit. The wedding's ruined. <laughs> Fortunately, it did work out. It looked good. It was cool. I'm sure they got good pictures, whatever. So, no, it was a good day. It was a long day. It was a long weekend. And it's actually brought us into this long week i am struggling today if i'm being honest i you know I what i feel that i feel that i'm with you too i wonder if it has to do a little bit with that uh, obviously it was long weekend but uh the time change whenever oh. you it's crazy just losing an hour makes a big difference yeah it does with us it makes a big difference the boys schedule when they wake up and all of that stuff it just makes everything more difficult bedtime sleep schedule when do they wake up but all in all whatever it is what it is we still got to make it through we got to make it through tonight glad we have josh on tonight to help carry carry <laughs> me through yes. th- this evening <laughs> yes to help us out josh so we're glad that you're here with make us. sure to get your clock set yeah that's right <laughs> that's right i like now that they just automatically set even though like i wake up and i look at it and i make sure that it actually did change because working at church, you know, you gotta be on time for church. So I always oh, yeah. freak out that like, what if my phone doesn't change? But <laughs> seeing everyone, everyone normally uh, on Mondays when you know you're all set and good, but on Sunday that that's where it gets you, depending yeah. on the clock that you didn't set. That's, that's right. right. Man. I didn't see anyone walking in late for church, so. No, fortunately, we have two services. So if you walk in late for church, you just say, oh, I'm early for the second service. <laughs> now, Unless if you walk in late to the second service, <laughs> exactly. doors are locked. <laughs> doors are locked. That's right. <clears throat> so one thing I wanted to bring up, and this has kind of been on my mind, and I think it's about the silliest thing I've ever heard. And you guys can make fun of me, tell me that I'm – old school too old school i'm not in with the new but my wife has been talking to me and she'll mention things and she'll be talking about oh i saw this from one of the influencers i follow on instagram <laughs> and i'm like the what the the influ- influencer someone i watch on instagram I'm like so what do they do i don't know they just talk about what they do every day and i'm like that is the dumbest thing <laughs> I've <laughs> ever heard. Like, I don't know. I'm too old school. Well, tell, tell me, I'm old. Am I too old school, or do I need to get with the times? You know, you or know, Justin. Is this a real thing? It's a real thing. And the, but just even think about it. The world that we're living in now. There's people making really good livings, doing things that wouldn't make sense at all yeah. to us as kids. Like, hey, one day 
you can open up packages, film yourself opening up packages, and you could make a lot of money doing mm-hmm. that. And companies will send you products to open up what that package looks like. Or, hey, you could play video games and just record yourself playing video games. Exactly. You can make millions. Just like influencing. But influencing, you know, it's one of those things I, I, I was watching something not too long ago on YouTube how it's really toxic. And th- what the toxic thing about it is these influencers that or people who want to be influencers. And I'm using air quotes right now because influencers drive me nuts because of this is they'll message like uh, a Caribbean resort and say, hey, I'm an influencer and uh, I want to come down there. So comp me like a seven day room and all this stuff. And I will post on my Instagram. And a lot of these places will be like, no. And then they just like these influencers, air quote, will like bash these Mm -hmm. people. And they like are trying to ruin things because all they want is everything for free. And they think that their influence on social media is enough to pay for a two or three thousand dollar vacation or uh, some airpods like hey send me some airpods and i'll take a picture and i'm so awesome that people want to buy it and so that's what drives me nuts <laughs> with influencers <laughs> i know that's seriously yeah, it yeah. though josh what's your take on the whole influencer thing well i, I know with the, the whole influence thing people are doing a lot of video vlogging now too so yep. you gotta gotta get out there every day do some video get the get them likes and the the views and I just, I just can't, I just can't handle it. To me, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm too old school. Got too I'm, much going on in the day. I'm an old soul in a young man's body. It would be us like saying, "Hey, we, we like calling Traeger and saying, hey, we have a podcast. We have a hundred people listen to our podcast.' <laughs> <laughs> that might be a stretch. <laughs> a stretch. <laughs> but uh, you need to send us a free pellet grill, and we'll talk Ooh. about it on our podcast. And trust me. That will be worth it to you. And then they'll say, obviously, no. <laughs> and then, then if we go on and just bash them like, oh, Traeger's terrible or whatever. But no, Traeger's not terrible. But that's like what the whole influencer world is all about. Exactly. Traeger's not terrible. Go ahead. Send the mailing things by. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if Meat Church wanted to send us seasonings and a pellet grill, We'll definitely use that stuff all the time. That's right. We'll just become a barbecue <laughs> podcast. There you go. Oh, and uh, you know, if Smith and Wesson wants to just start sending us some guns, we'll only use Smith and Wesson, and we'll shoot them. <laughs> yeah, all day, oh, every day. Yeah. Send some ammo. I <laughs> send some ammo. The guns, okay. Send some ammo. That's right now where where I'm having a hard shortage. time. Yeah. Sounds like goals. Yeah, it's like thirty-five bucks for a box of nine millimeter right now. Like, if you can find it, come on, come I, on. I found a, a box of three fifty-seven that I spent forty bucks on. And normally, it's usually like half of that. Well, probably a little more than that, but like forty bucks for. Wow, that's that's hollow points. No, this is just uh, Target ammo. Ugh. So yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, can't even find thirty-eight. No, and that was the thing is, I, and luckily I had some uh, thirty-eight uh, self-defense stuff to carry with, but you know I was wanting stuff just to shoot too, right? Because you don't want to shoot hollow points all the time because that's expensive. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find it. One box at this place here, and it was like forty or fifty bucks. I can't remember. It was about a dollar uh, around. It's crazy. Wow. I'm ready for ammo prices to drop back down to normal, but that'll come someday. It happens. It happens. So what what what's new, Josh? What did your weekend look like? Actually, not too bad. It was you know, sun was out, so got to get that bug for the spring fever and get outside and try to do some things. But over the weekend, uh, we got a little we call them power wheels. I think they still call them those. Yeah. But, uh, and, you know, over winter that sits out in the garage, battery's dead or whatnot, and the little guy wants to. Oh yeah, I want to play with that. It's warm. I'll play. Oh, we get, it's not going to charge, so I figured out. Let's hook a drill battery up to that bad boy and see. Yeah, we made some nice little burnout marks in the yard, <laughs> so that was fun. <laughs> I bet. How does that? How'd that work out? I've heard of a few people doing that. One of our other friends, Harley, I believe he did that to his kids. Yeah. Power wheel yep. or monster, whatever they're called. Yes. It, it lasted for a little bit. I'd like to say that hopefully it will work after it cools down some more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the motor got a little hot, but. Going from six volts to eighteen volts, that uh, gets things a little toasty. But it, yeah, it was fun. Cool. Yeah, it's uh, I, it's good, 
one thing about the spring forward is uh, I'm ready for warm weather. Like I, uh, and especially with it staying lighter out later, you know, that's one of the biggest things is just having more light, mm-hmm. being able to be outside, eating outside. In fact, just real quick, funny story. Last week we decided to uh, meet at a park. Me and my wife, I was out of town working. We met at a park to eat some pizza. And after we're done eating, me and Judah were climbing these rocks and running around having fun. And Sam decided that she wanted to get on the fun. And so she wanted to chase Judah. And she was like, I'm going to get you. And so she was chasing Judah around this little pavilion. And there was like these a bunch of college girls sitting on this outside. And as Judah was running that way. Sam was like, I'm going to get you. And then right, right around the corner here, these girls sat. Sam tripped on this thing and literally like tackled Judah <laughs> in no. front of these girls. And I was like, yeah, mom, mommy's going to get you or she's going to tackle you. And it was the funniest thing because these girls tried to act like they didn't see it at all. But you could tell they were just like like trying to hold back laughter. But she was just chasing them, tripped and like tackled her two year old son right in front of the, like a table full of these girls. Well, you know what? It's good for Judah because I'm telling you what. If that boy does not become a football player, it's a waste of genetics <laughs> <laughs> because he he is going to be a monster, man. That's what uh, our last youth group, we had a bunch of high school football players. And one of the boys said, if he doesn't become a football player, this is all for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see, man. We'll see. But talking about power wheels, great segue into our manly things segment here tonight. That's right. Tonight, then, the reason why, one of the reasons, many reasons, but one of the main reasons we have Josh on tonight is he is kind of our leader and expert in cars tonight. Cars. Repairing. Car Repairing. Fixing Repair. cars. Fixing cars. Playing with cars, you know. Yeah. Just, just messing around with them. When I'm not fixing computers, uh, you got to unwind by messing with some cars. Or DJing. Or DJing, yeah, exactly. DJ while you fix cars. Hey, there you go. So, Josh, uh, just getting to know you at, you know, for the last, how long have we been doing this small group now? Since fall. Since fall. So, just talking with you, we come to find out you really like and enjoy working on cars. And so, just start with telling us what got you into fixing cars like what what was it that got you into that hobby it always kind of started with, well I, as a kid i like taking things apart and figuring out how they work and different things and my dad works on cars when you know when it breaks he's out there fixing it because it's cheaper too to work on your own car and take it to a shop so just kind of learning and it's like oh you know i i think i can do this and just <laughs> it kind of snowballed you know cars sound cool so you, you know let's learn how that all works and everything and then as I got older, it's like, you know, this is this is real handy. You'll start learning and understanding how this works because you, you can save a lot of money, too, by fixing it yourself. So, yes, because labor, like I think like average labor is what, like $100 an hour when it comes to garages, maybe mm-hmm. even more than that. I don't know. But I know that's like that's around the average. So, yeah, if you can figure it out, you can save a whole bunch of money right there. Exactly. It's not it's not one of my fortes. I've been getting better at it. I have. Um, especially now being married and having kids that when something happens, I try to fix it myself and I've, I've impressed myself sometimes. And then there's other times I'm like, I'm just going to take this to a shop. Now I can just be like, now I'm going to take this to Josh and Josh can fix this. That's right. (laughs) So Josh, do you have a lot of people coming to you with car issues? Yeah. Mostly family and friends. That's, that's kind of the fun part too. It's like, Hey, you know, you hear your friend or someone saying, Oh, I'm having something wrong with this. And it's like, well, bring it on over. We'll, we'll pop the hood and take a look. You know, we'll put some music on and just kind of hang out and see what's wrong with it. So, one example is I hate to pick on my brother-in-law, but he's, do it. <laughs> he's he's always a fun one to pick on. He uh he kind of bought a, a Mustang that uh, he didn't really tell anyone about, but like he went out it's like he was always wanting a Mustang. So I got this one. Yeah, yeah, it's got a V8. It's got a V8 in it. Well, when he got it, it had a Ford Triton 5.4 been swapped in it was a v6 mustang that someone we call it the frankenstein because just everything about it was like whoa like someone had some fun just piecing together here but yes we've been been getting it going because the mustang gts do they do they start putting five o's in them again yeah there was there's a period that they were doing like little uh four 
sixes. Four sixes. Yeah. They, yeah. They had a, the Fox bodies had the the five O's, and then they brought those back later. The Fox bodies. Those were nineties, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. 90s, I'm, I've 80s. always I've always wanted a Fox body five speed. 5.0 Mustang. Oh, yeah. When we lived in Arizona, uh, Tucson, uh, our next door neighbor had one and uh, he had it for sale and he was a lot older than us. Now, we were like 16 at the time. My buddy, who is a huge car guy, came out to live with us for a year. He was 17, a uh, country boy, and uh, he's selling this car and we're like, can we test drive it? And against this guy's better judgment, he throws his key like, yeah, go ahead and test drive it. Well, when he throw keys to 16, 17-year-old, uh, a Fox Body 5.0, we had a little bit of fun and had to had to sit back and wait for that uh, burning tire smell to wear <laughs> off before we sent it back to him. But since then, I've always wanted one of those. Oh, yeah. But I can't imagine a 5.4 in a Mustang. Yeah. Is it a whole lot? See, that's the thing is I don't know. Is that a whole lot more horsepower than the 5.0, or is it pretty? Kind of depends. Uh, he's he's been dealing with some different problems on that one, so his is a little little down on power right now. But uh, hopefully, uh, once we get things figured out a little bit more on it, should be able to roast the tires. Every time he leaves our house, he tries to to do a nice burnout. <laughs> yeah. Is it an automatic or? Yeah, unfortunately, oh, it's an automatic. Okay. Yeah. So, what was kind of like the first, the first thing that you remember working on? On a car or that and like the first big thing, like outside of changing the oil. Say the first bit big thing would probably be my uh, my first car. It was a 1992 Buick LeSabre. Yeah, they had there the, you go. the gold paint kind of job, but they, they do them with the beige interior. <laughs> um, that one, it was kind of a deal like it was my first car I had a bad motor. So me and my dad went and found a junkyard motor for it and did an engine swap pulled out the old one put the new one in got it got it working you just went all out you're like you know what you know first big thing i'm gonna do i'm just gonna swap out an engine (laughs) say my dad's been a been a big help for learn how to do he's been doing that since he's he's been young but uh they grew up a little bit different time than than us but uh Cars are a little simpler, not as many computers and whatnot. Yeah. But nowadays, cars are made to where if there's an issue, you have to take it to it. They want you to take it to a dealership mm-hmm. to get it fixed. Um, so, do you have a, a place where you fix cars? I know growing up, like with my best friend, a lot of the weekends when I'd spend with him, it was spent in a barn. A bunch of guys standing around a truck or a car, and a couple guys working on it, and that that was like their weekend fun. Now, yeah. me wasn't. I mean, I I was just there to hang out, but. Yeah, pretty much the same thing. Just got a little uh, uh, 24 by 24 uh, barn that no lift or anything fancy. Just put some jacks out on the floor and, and have some fun. Nice, nice. Now, there, I, I've, we've noticed that there's a, a particular kind of car that you like, that you like working on. Tell us about the, uh, the, the brand that you like. So I, I have, I have a, a fancy for, for Cadillacs. They, they call me at work the Caddy Daddy. Cause, <laughs> um, the Caddy Daddy. The caddy you need daddy. a tattoo right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, it's just been something. Uh, my, my grandpa had a, an old Cadillac that it was meant for my grandma. They, they were kind of divorced, to say more or less, so she didn't want it. And uh, when he got older, it just sat in the garage, and I ended up buying it off of him and uh, getting it going and and I've kind of since then got the bug for Cadillacs. Yeah, the one you the one you drove in here today. Tell us about that one because it it sounded good and looked good. It's all black and got the black uh, light taunt stuff. Looks good. Yeah, so that that one uh, it's a uh, it's just an older uh, um, Cadillac STS, a little five or no, it's a, a three six uh, V six in it. Cut the cut the exhaust back. We we just have cats with X pipes going to no resonators and mufflers. So it's it's a little fun little racer around uh, <laughs> the car. It definitely it's a little different than the normal one. You know, Cadillacs are normally slow cruise. I do like me a good old uh, uh, cruising Cadillac, the Devilles and the okay, DTSs. the big old ones. Those are the ones the you want to take on. If if I'm gonna go on a trip, that's what I want to take. Okay. Cadillac is not one that, like, when you hear car guy, you don't think Cadillac. So I, I like that. That yeah, they get a bad rep for being, uh, you know, oh, you know, that's expensive to work on or expensive to maintain. It's like the trick is you gotta, you gotta find the the older person that's wanting to get rid of their car. <laughs> you get a good price. Yeah. Mostly taking well, good cake taken care of, and uh, but if you work on it yourself, it's 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 just a Chevy, fancy Chevy is what I like to say. Yeah. You get the parts for uh for a Chevy. Most time they'll fit on the Cadillac and. 
at a better price. <laughs> yes. That's good to know. I have an old Chevy that I may need you to work on. There you go. There <laughs> you go. I'm just kind of sitting here and like just listening because literally my extent of car knowledge and working on cars is I can change the oil. I don't even know if I could change the oil in my van now because it's, I don't know, something different. They Last time I went to get the oil changed in it, I didn't do it myself. They're like pulling it from the top, like pumping it out and like. I don't know. I don't know anything about that. I, you know, where's the drain plug at the bottom? And I can do brakes. I can do. I can change my rotors. And I can change my brake pads. That's literally the extent of my car working skills and knowledge, and about as far as I'm going to go. Man, yeah, that's the important stuff. For yeah, sure. I mean, this is the general maintenance stuff. I know about cars. Um, I'm not super great at. I I remember. Probably the most difficult thing I ever did was switch out a gas tank on an F-150 I bought. So in Ashland, Kentucky, I found an F-150 with about 120,000 miles on it. It was a 2000 with a 5.4 in it. And uh, the guy was selling it for like $2,000. And I was like, well, that's a steal. Yeah. Uh, the reason why is because the gas tank was a really rusty and it was leaking gas. I was like, oh, yeah, I can. Cha- I've never done anything like this. But my mom was like, yeah, I can do that. So I buy this truck and a guy I go to church with took it over to his house. And um, the way we decided that would be best to fix it was to take two jack stands, jack it up to the gas tank, uh, take off the uh, what are the, the straps. straps. Yep. Which let me tell you right now, under a rusted F-150, taking those bolts out for the gas tank strap, it took us a good two hours. Oh, yeah. you, th- you would think like four bolts. Oh, okay. No, laying on the ground, I had to come out of there because, like, I was, like, about to pass out. Like, because you're sitting there cranking on this thing, and you're on your back. You're, the blood's rushing to your head. You're holding your breath, cranking on this. And all of a sudden, I'm realizing I'm getting dizzy. Got to get up from under this truck. So we finally got those off, uh, you know, had to lower the gas tank a little bit, and then try to get those fuel uh, disconnectors without looking at it. And all in all, it took us eight hours to change the gas tank on F-150. And I was telling my buddy about it. And he's like, why do you just take the bed off? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I felt like the biggest idiot in the world. Because I'm like, here we just spent eight hours. And it was probably like 30, 30 degrees out. And I was freezing cold. And it was terrible. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's just like six bolts in the bed. You just take those out, pull the bed off. And right there is the gas tank. <laughs> so. If you ever got to change a gas tank on a truck, don't do it from below. Just take the bed off. Although he said, you know, you can't run the similar issues, especially with rusty. Those those uh, bed bolts Bolts. could be uh, rusted out, and you got to cut them out. And so yeah, uh, that's about my extent. Anytime something happens, I I go on YouTube, try to learn how to do it. And if it seems too difficult, I'm like, no, take this to a shop. There you go. It's something I think I can do. I'll do it. So, but it's always good to have someone who has a little bit more knowledge of that. Because, like, if I had a problem, I came to you. I said, "Josh, can we do this together?" Because, like, I like learning, like learning alongside someone. That's how like this guy was too. So, so yeah, yeah. So now we'll go to YouTube and we'll say, "Oh, this is within my range of capabilities," or "This is outside of my range." I'm going to call Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, do you have any funny uh, fixing stories or anything like that? Any good stories you got for us? Uh, there's, there's, there's always something. It's, it's hard to remember all the different weird things that happen because with a car, you never know when you, when you get into a project, you think, oh, oh, this is gonna take me, you know, so long and whatnot. <coughs> something with those, those YouTube videos, you gotta watch the daylight sometimes on them. It starts out during the day, and then they, they go, they skip <laughs> ahead. Oh, that didn't look too bad, and then it's dark out. Yeah. Yeah, something happened. That always <laughs> what that, that tends to, to happen when you're working on cars. <laughs> That's I'd never even That's, would have thought about that. That's genius. Yeah, you gotta That's keep an eye on that point. daylight outside. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point right there. <laughs> Say, uh, there's there's sometimes with cars. There's some of the simplest things. I had a, one of my cousins. He had a, an old Buick too. That uh, he brought it over. He's like, hey, some this thing the transmission's about to go out in this thing. I was like. All right, let's take around the block. And sure enough, it's like 
jerking you back and forth, not wanting to shift. I was like, what is this? So thankfully it was a new enough. You can plug one of them scan tools into it. Yeah. And where he was, he was like, Oh man, I'm going to buy a new transmission. I was like, well, let's, let's, let's check it out. Let's plug us in. And nice thing about some of the newer cars with the computers, they will put codes for some things, yeah. plug it in and it'll send a mass airflow sensor, which reads the, it basically tells it how much gas and fuel is coming in and how to mix it. And I was like, well, there's some air with that. And so I was like, I got one over here. We'll, we'll pop it in here and see. Sure enough, it was like a brand new car. I was like, he's <laughs> like, how's that even work? Why? How's uh, one little sensor thing make my transmission feel like it's going bad? And I was like, well, it's all controlled by the computer. It, it didn't like something. <laughs> and how much did that sensor cost? It was like 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay, so we have a 2015 Escape. And I took it into a, a garage and... um. They told us that uh, the rear main seal was leaking Ooh. and uh, that, you know, it just wears out and it starts leaking. And it's like, it's a five dollar part. He said, but uh, you got to pull the transmission to get out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to fix that would be about uh, three grand. I'm like, nope, nope, not doing that. And uh, I, it, and I'll ask you this. So I, I bought this stuff. It's Blue Devil rear main seal fix that you pour into the the uh, the oil and i'll tell you it hasn't leaked since and, like people swore by this stuff but it's just so crazy that a part that's that little thing that wears out mm-hmm. it's a really simple little thing cheap little thing that uh if it wears out costs so much costs so much yeah. just because to get to it's too hard mm-hmm. so. that'd be the story of my life anything that i try to work on like i feel like that's the case I know for me, I think my best story fixing cars would be the first time I went to change the rotors out, do it, do it myself. And I had called my cousin and he came over and he was going to show me, he was going to show me one side and then I was going to do the other. He had something going on. So he comes over and super, you know, easy. And, but it was a Kia. It was my wife's car. I think she was just my I don't even know if we were engaged at the time. Clarissa? My Yeah. My wife, Clarissa. Okay, I just want to make sure. Just for everyone to, you know, clarify that my wife, my beautiful wife, is Clarissa. And she's really good with words. Wordsmith. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> and so, anyway, get into this, get the tires off, get the brake pads, the brakes undone, caliper, blah, 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 all that stuff. And go to take off the rotor. Well, it's got this little, you know, set screw. Well, should be easy, right? Little set screw. No, it was a Torx bit. And so you go in and we're stripping it. Oh, no. And (laughs) we're stripping it. And we get to the point of like, this thing is not budging, it is not coming off at all. And I'm getting frustrated. My cousin's getting frustrated. He's like, I don't know if we're going to get this off. Like, I don't know what we're going to do. And then he's like, well, wait a minute. Like, I have one idea. So we go to Napa. And what does he ask for? Because we had tried impact wrenches. We tried everything. My uncle's, we were at my uncle's shop, which is five minutes from my house growing up and has literally any and every tool that I could ever want pretty all but one, obviously, <laughs> at my disposal. And so we go to Napa, and my cousin's like, I need a manual impact. And I'm like, what is a manual impact? I didn't even know what it was. Do you know what it is? I don't know what that is. You know what it is. Yeah, it's 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 hard to explain. <laughs> so it's kind of like, uh, like this little rod that you fit your bit on, on the end of it and then you beat it you stick it into the screw or whatever and you beat it with a hammer and as you slowly turns it yeah it just slowly turns it a little bit so you're beating into it so you're driving in and it's also spinning just a tad bit at a time okay and that tool is what got me through so i didn't even when i did the other side myself after it took us hours to get that side off, uh, the other side literally took me like a half an hour to do everything. And it was so frustrating that we spent that entire day. But 
I bought that manual impact and I've <laughs> used it a few times since. It's actually kind of a helpful thing. One of those things that, you know, tools, tools in general, I feel like you'll have that one tool that you only use once or twice, mm-hmm. but you'll be glad that you paid for mm-hmm. it and that you had it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it, it never seems to fail because even thinking about like that story reminded me of like every time working on cars or being with my friends that worked on cars, there's always like that one tool that you don't have. It's like if we had this one thing and it's usually like just something random that you have to like run down the AutoZone, O'Reilly, whatever your auto part uh, store of choice is to get this one thing. It seems like no matter what, no matter what it is, even like uh, I remember the last brake uh, change we did, I had to go get a, a C-clamp to depress the, the pad because it wasn't, it wasn't doing it. So we had to go get like a certain size clamp to like clamp it down and I still use that and I have it and it's the same thing like all of a sudden it hits me oh yeah I got that C clamp that will work perfect now Yep. (laughs) I just had to get this uh, last rear brakes I did on my vehicle I they had like these pins uh, Uh, in the brake pad like that you had to turn it so but there's like a kit you can buy so I went to I went to Harbor Freight because I know I'm Harbor gonna, Freight. Hey, hey, that's we that's c- that would be a sponsor that I would influencer. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I'd Harbor be okay. Freight. We will be your influencer on social media. Yeah, they're like Support here's a hundred dollars, and then we can go buy like the whole store. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I bought ended up buying this thing, and it worked. I mean, it did exactly. My father in law helped me to do one side, and we did it literally with like. I think needle nose pliers or two Allen wrenches that he was like pushing in on as I'm trying to spin it with some pliers. Like it was, we spent way too much time and effort on doing that one side when I could have just went and bought this thing. Once again, that's the tool. Like just go out and buy it, buy the right tool that you need. You'll be glad you have. Exactly. All right. Last question on this segment. All of us. What's, your most favorite car you've owned, and what's your dream car? So who wants to go first here? That's tough. I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. Since I, I was thinking about this, I already know. So favorite car I owned, at first I'd want to say was my first one. It was a 96 F, uh, Ford Ranger. It was lifted. It was a 2.35 speed. But recently, the last car I had in Ashland was probably my favorite vehicle. It was an 05 uh, Jetta Wagon Ooh. Diesel. Okay. Yeah. And so it was a uh, it was modified. It had a brand new um, turbo on it, and the blow off valve sounded real good. Sam hated riding in it because it was you know the <laughs> and like shifting. And but it, I just loved it for some reason. And one of the coolest things about it was fifty miles a gallon it got in it. So I'd put thirty dollars of diesel in that bad boy, and in Ashland, Kentucky, I could drive two months before putting any more diesel in it. So I love that 05 Jetta TDI. It had had aftermarket rims someone put on it they lowered it a little bit uh it was it was a cool little car but yeah it had three hundred and fifty thousand miles on it when i sold it and it still ran and everything was perfect on it and so i told sam i was like i want to find another one of those but they're hard to find anymore they're hard to find um dream car it's always been and i don't have an exact year i always say it's somewhere between like 69 and 72 chevelle super sport would be my dream car um, with 454 in it, and that's just... And the color would be... I don't know if this is an original color at all, but the forest green with the black stripes. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's my cool. dream car right there. Next. Eh, I would I would say uh, my favorite car um, would be a 2004 uh, Cadillac DHS. So it was, it was one of those... I, I call it the, the big... The, the, the adult car going into got my big boy job got my first car payment and stuff like that and is it was that a lot of good memories with that probably put close to two hundred fifty thousand miles on it wow yeah so it, it was it was a really good car a lot of hanging out with friends going to bonfires doing stuff with that so that was that was my my favorite uh the caddy daddy yep the caddy daddy <laughs> now, say, I want, now i'm excited to hear what your dream car is say it's it's not much in the same realm of things it'd probably be from a uh oh nine to i think they quit in uh 2012 and uh, they they probably didn't make this one in 2012 but a uh, cadillac ctsv wagon 
Okay. Not very many of them were made. They're not, I guess not very many people bought them when they first came out, and then now everyone kind of wants them. Wants the wagon. Yeah. That, that would, you know, as a dad, you know, you could throw the kids in there <laughs> and have some fun, too, at the same time. I love that that's your dream car, man. <laughs> the that's Caddy awesome. Daddy. The Caddy Daddy's dream car is a, a Cadillac station wagon. <laughs> For his kids. Exactly. To be the daddy. That's right. The Caddy Daddy. <laughs> Hashtag Caddy Daddy. Yeah, that's that's going to be the hashtag <laughs> for this episode. Oh, all right, Justin. Let's hear it. Okay. So my favorite car that I've owned. I've had some that were nicer, but you always have to love your first car. Yeah. Um, so my, my first car was a 2002 Ford Taurus. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So it was kind of a boat. Um it was tan, you know, kind of it was a nice car actually. I've got to I've got to be honest. I was lucky with a 2002 Ford Taurus because my friends didn't have they had older vehicle models. My one friend had a truck that literally the inside door panel fell off <laughs> down the road from my house and he had to like drive it to my house and we had to try to get this door panel on so uh, lots of good stories there with other vehicles but i was pretty happy with the 2002 ford Taurus. cool thing is a front kind of it was like old school to where it was like the center console but it would also flip into the to the bench seat okay. in the in the front seat had the cd player there you go there you go got a cd player and you didn't oh, have to yeah. use the tape in it to no. plug in your iPhone or something like no, that? No, no, no. It had a CD player. Maybe even multiple CDs. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't even remember. It's but fancy. I remember from my 16th birthday, like, I got some stuff. My family, you know, gave me, you know, stuff for the car. And I had, like, a CD, you know, case, rack, whatever that to Display went all your Backstreet Boy CDs. Oh, yeah. To do all of the mixtapes, <laughs> all the mix CDs that were up on the visor, and then had, like, a steering wheel cover. And, of course, I'm in this Ford Taurus, this tan Ford Taurus with a mossy oak camouflage steering wheel cover. <laughs> I'm, I'm a redneck. I'm a redneck. But uh, so my dream car. This has probably been my dream car since I was in, like, fourth grade. I remember being in fourth grade and looking at this car book. I don't even know. I wouldn't even remember what the book was. But it was, like, I believe it was, like, a 67 Stingray Corvette. Oh, yeah. And that's always a blue. 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 A blue 67 Stingray like an Corvette. ocean blue or a sky blue? No, more like a midnight blue. Ooh. Oh, okay. Uh, more yeah. like a okay. midnight blue. And that's ever since I was in fourth grade, that's been the car that yeah. I wanted. I drove a 80s Corvette one time with T-tops. And one thing you don't know about those cars is, well, obviously you do looking at it, is that the, the front's really, really long. But when you're in it, you don't know it. <laughs> and so, like, I didn't do it, but my buddy, it was his mom's car. He, he was driving when we went to Walmart. He bumped into stuff, and, and like, oh. he hit something. And she said the same thing, like, because you just don't know how long that front is because you don't see it because it drops off. Mm. But, yeah, the nose of those things are long. But, uh, man, that thing would burn burn the tires off, like, easily, 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 easily. So, all right. Well, that does it for our Manly Things segment. It is now time for the six five six five six segment. Five. All right, so we are uh, reading the book "Play the Man." Um, last time we did this, I hadn't started it because I was still in my class and didn't have time. Last week, I took a trip down to Appalachia, Kentucky, and so I downloaded the audio book. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't make fun of me. I like to listen to my books, and I, I listened and I got caught up, and we got. So we are, we are talking about some stuff tonight. That's right. So, you know, the first chapter that we went over, just kind of as a quick little review, was the first virtue of manhood, which was tough love. Tough love. Tough love. And so these <coughs> next two chapters we kind of went over, we're going to, for the remainder of the book, we'll go two chapters each podcast. So... We record every two weeks, so one chapter a week. 
Um, we'll finish it out that way. Yeah. So, so give us the first virtue from chapter two. Chapter two, the second virtue of manhood, was childlike wonder. And just the, just the thought, just that childlike wonder probably doesn't sound too manly, but listening to this chapter is awesome because uh, I don't, I mean, I knew, it talked a lot about Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. And uh, like I knew a little bit about him, but man, that guy was insane. Like, oh, yeah, he was. Man of man, it's right there. He was kind of like an underdog too growing up. So I've read another like a bibliography of, not bibliography, biography, bibliography. <laughs> wrong thing, wrong B word. A biography, um, I believe it was by Doris Kearns. It's called Leadership in Turbulent, Turbulent Times. Really good book, by the way, if anyone wants to check that out. But she kind of goes and talks in pretty good detail of multiple presidents. I believe she was also, she was like a uh, White House historian or mm. worked at the library during Lyndon B. Johnson's yeah. uh, time in the White House. So she has a lot of knowledge and she kind of, you know, talks, he was an underdog. Teddy Roosevelt was kind of an underdog, kind of like a, almost a sickly weak kind of kid. And then just, said like nope this is not going to define who i'm going to be yeah and became one of the manliest men that's probably ever been yeah and just just hearing about him uh the whole chapter childlike wonder um talking about obviously wanting to learn um explore mm-hmm. to better yourself and uh i mean one of the i mean even just talking from a biblical standpoint the the story of Jesus saying you need to be like this child you need to have the mindset of a child or faith like a child to inherit the kingdom of God that made me really think about that during that chapter uh, as well as having that childlike wonder that especially when it comes to faith um, when you're reading your Bible to have that faith like yeah this really happened and I think that's why it's so important to get kids in the church early because uh, their mindset is that mindset of very imaginative and exactly. so when you're telling these stories, which they are true stories, so we take the Bible serious, black and white, these things happen. But for like for adults to tell some stories, they're like, okay, okay. But for children, you know, they're like, yes, they get it. And so that just makes me think of that, you know, the whole childlike wonder and Jesus saying you need to be like one of these and have mm-hmm. faith like a child uh, to inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah, and that's that's a, a portion of this chapter is is on that and having that faith uh childlike childlike faith and that's you know the key to getting into heaven the key to you know getting to know jesus um but some of the other cool things and and some of the practical things within the chapter is you know the childlike wonder of one the dreams that you do so the the teddy roosevelt examples of like get out and just go do do things like yeah you know he Worked on a ranch out west. He, uh, like, what, rode a moose or something. <laughs> he had, like, a boxing rink in his in the White in House. In the White House, and he would want to box people. He'd go skinny dipping and swim in, like, the Potomac or something like that. Like, I mean, just do stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, live live your life. Have dreams and, and go for them. But the second part of that is the wonder of wanting to continue to learn. Yeah. And... In multiple facets, you know, uh, Mark Batterson does a good job of like talking about, you know, it's more than, you know, well, the most important thing for us as Christians is, you know, to learn the word of God and and the biblical aspect of things. But he also, you know, mentions science and other things, you know, it, it's continuing to learn, continuing to want to know more and expand and you know how many books do we read or listen to yes in a year or or whatever whatever it is there but i don't really know where i was going with that other than like there's some practical application to it as well it's 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 more you know what are we doing to get better what are we doing to continue to learn do we have that wonder of wanting to wonder and learn more yeah and even just listening to that whole chapter, it got me thinking like, 
man, I want to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds like really like broad, <laughs> like it, that sounds broad, but like thinking about like Teddy Roosevelt, like if something happened, he just go went and did it or if something striked his imagination or something, he just went and did it. And I was like, at the end of my life, I want to be like, look back and be like, I didn't just sit back and play it safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to get out there and do it. And I don't want to, I want, I don't want the fear of failure to stop me from doing things. I want to try it. I want to do things. And and when it comes to reading, I heard a, a pastor, a great leader, one, he said uh, he started as a youth pastor. And he's like, I just saw it as like free learning almost. Like I can teach myself. Like I went to school. And he said, I can just sit here and read and learn all kinds of stuff and like read these leadership books. And he said, why wouldn't you? And like even like Teddy Roosevelt said he would at least read one book every night before he went to sleep. Wow. A book. Like one, and as I said, at least sometimes it was even more than that. Um, but just that, and it is that uh, childlike wonder of man, I want to better myself. Brown bear, brown bear doesn't count. Llama, <laughs> <laughs> uh, llama, <laughs> yeah, llama, llama, pajama or something. Well, for the second time, keep us on track here. What is the second virtue? What is this? Chapter three now. Chapter three. The second virtue is willpower. And they kind of start off talking about the story of the movie and the book. Um, I've seen the movie and listened to the book um, of Unbroken. And that's Louis uh, Zamperini, uh, the pilot who was actually an Olympian um, and then was captured, taken prisoner of war, and just absolutely tortured. Um, yeah. Have you seen that movie? I have not seen have it. Have you I seen it? Not, no. Oh, you've got to see the movie. <laughs> you've got to at least see the movie if you don't want to listen to it. It's a long book. Yeah. It's a long I book. I think Sam yeah. has the book, actually. And I think she started reading it and stopped. It's it's <laughs> long. I listened to it. I didn't I didn't okay. actually read it, but it's really good. Um, but, you know, this one's all about willpower. Um, and what are we doing to kind of tough through things, uh, to get through things. Some of the other thing that they talk about is like delayed gratification um, and some of the just practical things with that. I know there's the study, the thing that they did a long time ago of, you know, give kids a marshmallow and say yeah. like, don't eat this marshmallow. And if you don't eat this marshmallow, I'll give you two. And, like, they followed up with these kids, like, 20 years later. And the people who were able to, like, delay that gratification, that instant gratification, didn't eat the marshmallow, like, were more productive as mm, time yeah. went on. And, and got, that, like, higher education yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. And so, you know, a lot about willpower and, <laughs> and staying away from temptation. That's kind of... Uh, the biblical portion of this chapter is, you know, how can you stay away um, from temptation? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just blanked there for a second. <laughs> but as far as like the whole willpower thing, you know, I was talking about those, those kids who did that. Um, they were the ones who went into college, got the careers and stuff. And the thing is, I mean, that that really is. Uh, a great principle when it comes to willpower is when it's bettering ourselves. a lot of times we want now and especially in the mm-hmm. world today everything we want now here with these smartphones uh, i can look up anything like this second instant gratification instant gratification if i want food on taco bell i can click that box and i click the button and i pull up to the window and they hand it to me uh and so i feel like that's one of those things that's just going away when yeah i mean the whole thought of of you know, that delayed gratification as far as things like education, as far as your job, as far as finances, too. Because like a lot of times when you come out of school, you want to start getting all the stuff, doing all the things. But, uh, I mean, the smart thing would be to get financially set first. You know, get out of some debt, get out of those things. Um, but that takes willpower, yep. um, especially when it comes to finances. Because once you get that first job, you want to start spending the money. But, um, yeah. Now, with the willpower, I must say, like, I am all for it and I understand it. And, yes, we all have to have a certain sense of willpower, so to speak. But I've also listened to a lot of other podcasts and, and read things and looked at things. And, like, you cannot sustain on willpower alone. Yeah. You need to set up 
your environment and a system that helps you succeed. So while I agree with this premise of willpower, I also strongly believe that you need to set yourself up for success and not just rely on that willpower because mm-hmm. you will fail. Yeah. You need to have uh you need to have people uh c- keeping you accountable. Yep. Um I have those people in my life that I even have them ask me some tough questions often, you know, what are you doing spiritually and what are you doing to safeguard yourself from sexual temptations and uh, fi- uh what do you do with your finances? And I think those things are important to have people in your life that are willing to ask some of those tough questions because and i always tell people like i like uh one of the people i i I tell them like if i know i'm meeting with you weekly i know i'm about to answer these questions so it just helps hold me accountable to these things so right well lots of good stuff here tonight i would say you know that's kind of what we've got for the six five tonight and I just want to thank you, Josh, for coming out tonight and spending some time with yeah. us and talking cars. We know very little. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. so we will continue to use you as a resource for us personally <laughs> Sounds and like try, try to continue to learn and maybe work on some things. And Yeah, absolutely. Well, Josh, thanks for having me. It was good having you. Is there any, any, any advice, anything you want to let our 10 listeners know? before we head out make sure to change your oil there you go i like <laughs> it change, sure your change your oil <laughs> maintain your vehicles now there's a story behind that too right <laughs> there, there sure is <laughs> go ahead give the give the give the quick overview well when my 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 sister my now brother-in-law found out when they first started dating and engaged he had a truck that he said he hadn't changed his oil for over a year <laughs> i was like Oh, we got to help you. We got to get you going. Get, we got him straightened out. I believe he's on a regular scheduled oil change <laughs> maintenance now. Yeah. Normal is just like a, an oil change a year, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's the normal. I think now they even make oils now that uh, if, if you really want to push it, you can. <laughs> I, I had a buddy tell me one time that 40, the straight six Rangers, didn't need oil. He's like, no, nah, they don't need oil. There you can you just go. run those things. and So, yeah. Change your, change oil, your oil, change maintain oil. your vehicles, learn to do some stuff. There's YouTube. There's great people around. But, gl- Josh, we're glad to have you, and we are glad that you joined us. Um, if you haven't subscribed to our Facebook, Instagram, everything else, please do. Let a friend know. The bracket. Oh, yeah, the bracket. It's March. Real quick, if you want a chance to win a $25 gift card, um, and I think that we can just make it your choice of what $25 gift card you want, honestly. Sure. I was thinking like Cabela's or Royal King or something like that. Um, go onto our Instagram, Facebook, click on the link, fill out the March Madness bracket. Whoever wins is going to win a $25 gift card, but it's just fun. The more people that get on there just to see who guesses the best because that's what it is. Absolutely. Hey, share it out. Get as many people as we can to... Uh Join, do the bracket, just for a chance to win a $25 gift card. Yeah, so absolutely. And this has been the Manly Things Podcast. And remember, stay manly. Stay manly.